Hello, this is Katherine Cunningham. Thank you for joining us for the Natural Intelligence Worldwide Podcast. So, how are we going to solve the world's food and water security problem? We've lost 30% of Earth's arable land over the last 40 years. We've contaminated 70% of our fresh water with agricultural contaminants from herbicides, pesticides, and fertilizers. And given the UN's population growth trajectory for the next 20 years, we're going to need to grow 50% more food by 2050. Now that's a real challenge. David Rosenberg, founder and CEO of AeroFarms, has a revolutionary zero-plasticide, zero-herbicide solution that's truly transformative for both local and global agriculture. In our interview, he shares with us how AeroFarms is helping solve the food desert problem in developed countries like the United States. He shares with us how he's solving the food waste problem within the supply chain for companies all over the world. And he shares with us how his plant-whispering botanists are optimizing plant growth in a soilless and sunless environment 365 days of the year, everywhere in the world. Amazing. This podcast you have to hear. I am here with David Rosenberg. He is the co-founder and CEO of AeroFarms, farming locally, globally. Now, what does that mean, locally, globally, and can you tell us something about your company? Yeah, Kathleen. At AeroFarms, we enable local food production at scale. Often in agriculture, plants grow particularly well in certain soils with particular climates, temperature, humidity, airflow, and so forth. And what that means is there's a lot of places in the world where plants don't grow. And even where they grow well, it doesn't mean they grow well 365 days a year. So at AeroFarms, we're fully controlled agriculture. We grow plants in warehouses as opposed to greenhouses. No sun, no soil. Instead of sun, we use lights. And the lights are LEDs, light-emitting diodes. And instead of soil, we use a cloth growth media or different growth medias depending on the plant. But ultimately, it's to enable local food production at scale, controlling the environments and offering great tasting products, safe product, pesticide free, 365 days a year. And where can we go to visualize these technologies, uh, the work that you're doing? So our website is www.aerofarms, A-E-R-O-F-A-R-M-S.com, aerofarms.com. Also, if you people Google AeroFarms, there's a lot of videos. We've won a number of awards and we've, among other things, built the world's largest vertical farm. So you, people can not only see it, but they could see it at scale. So it's not only producing food for a few wealthy people, it's producing food for the masses. Well, I've seen a lot of animations, uh, 3D animations, you know, quite refined animations on vertical farming or vertical planting outside buildings and so for over the past few years. But now this is no longer science fiction, this is science facts. You're actually designing this new agricultural opportunity for cities to actually develop their own food production. Is that right? That's exactly right. And to build upon that, we're developing these farms, but there are small farms, there are big farms. The small ones, it's hard to get the economics to work, which doesn't mean that small farm doesn't have a place. Success might be defined as inspiration or storytelling. At Aero Farms, while we do some of that, most of our focus is to produce food for people and the masses. So we're very proud that we've gotten our cost points down for salads. So when you eat a salad and leafy green salad, kale, arugula, watercress, and so forth, we've gotten our cost points down where we could produce that, not just for the Whole Foods, but for like more of the mass markets of the world as well. And we do sell to the Whole Foods. Our biggest customer, in fact, is ShopRite, where if you're in the East Coast, they have 300 supermarkets in the New Jersey area alone that is an everyday supermarket. What are 
the environmental and social problems that you solve with Aero Farms? Starting environmentally. So the world is growing in population. By the UN's estimates, we need over 50% more food by 2050. At the same time, the world's lost 30% of its arable land in the last 40 years, and 70% of our freshwater goes to agriculture, and 70% of our freshwater contamination comes from agriculture. So ultimately, if we want to feed our planet, we need a new paradigm of how we're going to source our food. At Aero Farms, we could grow a plant with as little as 95% less water. We use zero pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, which is what when people buy organic, they want no pesticides. They typically aren't aware that organic often has pesticides, just organic pesticides, which you don't necessarily want in your digestive system. We use zero pesticides. So not organic, but zero. And we also use no soil. So our, our growth media is a, like our main one is a cloth. It's made out of 100% recycled materials and it's 100% reusable. Additionally, about 60% of, in salads of leafy greens spoil before they get to the customer. So there's a big supply chain play. If this is a shelf life 12 day product but it doesn't get to the stores in five six days you've lost like a third to a half of the shelf life of the plant conversely we get it to the store within 24 hours typically so just from that reason alone it has a longer shelf life so we're keeping product where it wants to go in people's bellies as opposed to in the garbage from a social standpoint we're very mission driven we build these farms not on fifth avenues of the world but on the other side of the tracks, if you will, or places that need it, need that extra employment. Also, the costs are lower. Additionally, we help alleviate a what's called a farm desert, a food desert. Hmm. So we open up our doors to locals in the community so they could buy directly from us, as well as purposefully stock the supermarkets in those local areas where they don't always have fresh food. So we make that a point, and we try and work with the community. We have a program in schools to work with them to educate kids on nutrition and better feeding habit, eating habits so they get the greens instead of the fries. So it's a really multiple-dimensional wow. approach. How large is that problem of food deserts in cities? I mean, I don't know how aware, at least in the United States, we are of those issues, and you know, maybe, maybe globally in, in developed countries around the world. And, I guess in developing countries, you might be looking at other other solutions. The problem's large, and it's both behavioral and, I guess, logistical. Yeah. Like, the logist, that's a word. But the behavioral side is there's a correlation between higher education and eating the right food. So the more educated people are, the more they eat their fruits and vegetables. And we need to do a better job of training our young to eat the better food so they're not going after the cookies and the soda, but going after higher nutritional food. And building on that, our eating habits really solidify by our teens. So we have to start really young because it's once someone is an adult and you try putting salads and spinach in front of them, they might not want to eat it. But starting young, getting the kids involved could have a very material impact. And then the logistical side is this good quality leaf like produce isn't readily available in poor neighborhoods. There's somewhat of a chicken and egg element here. People need access to it. Right now, they don't have access to it, and the customer doesn't demand it that much. So we're trying to fight both those battles, changing behavior as well as making, providing access. I had envisioned this massive warehouse, and I mean, the, the, whole, the whole space occupied by these aerial plants. 
and with their cloth as the medium. And I just had this thought, but there's so much nutrition in, in soils and so many microbes and there's, there's a whole organic ecosystem that's attached to the life force of the plants that you're growing. So talk to us about that. I mean, this is a completely revolutionary idea in growing plants outside of the, the sort of earth-based system. We're very technology heavy. We consider ourselves a data science company as much as a farming company. And we have people on the plant side, we have plant biologists, plant physiologists, plant pathologists, molecular biologists that are looking at what the plant wants. And then they sit next to people that design the farms. We have mechanical engineers, structural engineers, lighting, electrical, PLC process, industrial design engineers that are looking at, depending on the crop we're growing, what does that physically look like? What does the plant physically sit in and how do we get what the plant wants to the plant? Mm -hmm. So by what it wants, it could be not just light, but more specifically, what spectrum at what intensities and what frequencies. Mm -hmm. On the nutrient side, not just fertilizer, but what nutrient, micronutrient, more specifically, magnesium, zinc, iron, da-da-da-da-da. There are all these different minerals and elements, what do they want, when do they want them, at what quantities do they want them. So that's where the data science comes in. We're constantly measuring these elements. We have thousands of sensors in that big warehouse farm and trying to understand what all the data means. So not just big data, but it's more smart data and how the data goes to R&D, how it goes to operations, how it goes to quality assurance from a food safety standpoint. Mm And then how it more specific, like goes to marketing, sales, finance, and so forth. But looking at the plant, what does the plant want? How do we optimize and prioritize quality, then yields, to again, get the cost structure, get the quality to serve the mass populations. What's the reaction that you're finding from your early adopting cities? And, and who is actually picking up your technology? We, I mean, we look for big populations where there's a large middle class. And then our buyers, we sell to Fresh Direct, which is an online retailer in the New York City area, ShopRite, Whole Foods, and then to food service and other places and other smaller retailers. The response has been fantastic. And my biggest surprise is I knew people would appreciate pesticide-free. And what surprises me is we're able to compete on taste and texture. The criticism of indoor growing, mostly people thinking about greenhouses, but indoor growing in general, the criticism for a long time is tasteless. So people would say, my tomato doesn't taste like a tomato, things of that nature. And at Aerofarms, we don't grow tomatoes, but that's just one of the criticisms awfully vocalized. The compliment conversely at Aerofarms is, wow, this is the best tasting fill-in-the-blank kale, arugula, watercress I've ever had. And that's due to our ability to really focus on the plants. We call our R&D team the plant whisperers and understand mm-hmm. what the plant is telling us in all their non-verbals and what we could see, spotting, ripping, coloring, curvature, width, height, stem length, petiole length, and then obviously like the organoleptic properties, taste, and, and so forth, nutrient density. And then how, this is the data science element, how we constantly experiment to optimize these properties. And we're able to do it in a way we're top chefs are saying, I want Aerofarms product, and that I didn't see. I always looked at it when I started. I'm not from the farming background. I'm a kid from New York City, 
but I always envisioned this as a business model, as a supply chain play. Mm-hmm. We're disintermediating the supply chain from farm to city and I'm happily surprised that we're competing on taste. Fabulous. Well, there's so many other questions I want to ask you about local farm markets and how you can engage the communities uh-huh. in creating their own like neighborhood farming mm-hmm. operations. I know we're sitting here in Switzerland and most of the communities in Switzerland, they have their community forest, they have their community garden, and really the society participates in growing their own food. They participate in uh, protecting their own natural environment. Can you speak to, to us about that quickly? And then this will have to be our last question. What draws energy, or I build energy off of, is the response to Aero Farms. And we're a relatively small company, 130 people about, and we get 500 resumes a month where people just want to come. They want to join us from wow. all different backgrounds. And it's exciting to see. We have wonderful people, a very low jerk quota. If I don't know any jerks in the company. <laughs> so very proud of that. And it's a lot of mission-driven people that know their true north, are passionate about our mission, and enjoy spreading the word. So we're, we're working with our communities in the ways we spoke about and working with broader ecosystems and inspiring people with the innovation coming to Newark. I'd say beyond food deserts, beyond local employment, our biggest impact is inspiring the community that a major like global leader in our industry, a tech company, headquartered in Newark and draws strength and people from the community. Fabulous. Well, let's end on that. Thank you so much for your amazing ability to envision what's possible in the agricultural world and, and really solving a real problem, these food deserts in our urban landscapes of, of which you know, many more people will be living in in the near future is, is really an important problem to solve. Thank My you pleasure. so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Natural Intelligence Worldwide podcast, where we're committed to spotlighting intuitive vision, nature-inspired knowledge, and native wisdom in our world. You can find us at naturalintelligence.com forward slash worldwide. There, we have a growing portfolio of podcasts with world leaders on nature, sustainability, climate, and tech for good. Thank you for awakening natural intelligence in the world. Have a beautiful day. Mm-hmm.